This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. major differences when it comes to such a thing. So what's the shot exactly? How do we understand, right, Yaakov, you know, a 77-year-old, right, going up and kissing such a young girl who is only five? And it's got to be that she was young because Lovin would not have allowed her older, he didn't allow her older, his older daughter, Leah, to be outside with these shepherds over here since she was already old enough to be married off. So it's got to be that Rachel was not old enough to be married off. She was going to be five years old. I'm sorry. There is an opinion, very good. There is an opinion that says that Rachel and Leah were twins. But according to this Rabbeinu Bechaya, she was five years old and Yaakov was 77. So in a way... I don't mind it as much anymore. I know it sounds strange, but a 77-year-old giving a kiss to a 5-year-old doesn't bother me as much as, it should, as, as something else would. Again, not in a, a passionate way, but saying hello to a little girl and saying like that, that doesn't bother me as well. And even though some people might say, well, the 5-year-olds back then were a little bit different than the 5-year-olds right now. I don't know. I, I don't know if we can really include it in that way. But according to the Ramban, the Rabbin of Achaya, 77 and 5 is the answer. That's why he was allowed to kiss her because it wasn't something of passion, it wasn't something of where he considered something, whatever, it was a 77-year-old to a 5-year-old. Another answer they give the Rambam and the Rabbeinu Bechaya, which seems to be connected to the previous answer, could be you could combine them to be the same, <laughs> is that Yaakovinu kissed her on the head or on the shoulder, not on the mouth. And their proof is from an Ibn Ezra earlier. The Ibn Ezra says in Perak Chav Zayin, Pasuk Chav Zayin, in your sheets, unfortunately I wrote it wrong, it's Chav Zayin, Chav Zayin, in the sheets, but it's Chav Zayin, Chav Zayin, says that any time the letter Lamid appears in front of a word, it means something on top of. Meaning it does not refer to something direct, it's something on top of. So when it says, by Yishak Yaakov le Rochel, that Yaakov kissed Rochel, it does not mean literally Yishak Yaakov Rochel, which would be the proper way of saying it, but Yishak Yaakov le Rochel, to something that was on top of Rochel, or on Rochel. That was the idea that it refers to over here. Says the Ramban, the Rabbeinu therefore it made it different. Not only was it a 77-year-old to a 5-year-old, but the 77-year-old kissed the 5-year-old on her hand, on her shoulder, on top of her head. That makes it very, very different. Different. So I'm not thinking, we're not thinking of that passionate kiss. It's a kiss that one would give to everybody else. And that would be, I guess, the reason why the Redak, the Chizkuni, the Ibn Ezra, the Sforno, all basically saying that don't seem to contradict this. The kiss happened. But we don't learn a halacha from this. Why is there no halacha learned from this? The answer is that a 77-year-old to a 5-year-old kissing on the shoulder or on top of the head would not be an issue. When now, it says love and kill, kissed Yaakov, how did it, how did it say Leyak? Does it say Lam in there? No. Uh... The, the, grab a Vayinashe Koso it should be Vayinashe Koso if you can grab the Pasuk I'm sorry uh, you guys have to check yeah it, both of them are there but neither one of them are worded like this but grab it if you can the Ben Chai in Ode Yosef Chai says such an awesome answer says the Rachel Imenu may have been older not five may have been 20 years old at the time and could have been Anita so says the Ben Chai, how in the world could he, at the first time of seeing Rachel Imenu, she's 20 years old, she's an older girl, how could he have gone up to her and kissed her without knowing if she was tummy or taller? How could that have been? I'm sorry? That what? Doesn't he have a thing he says you can kiss the hand? 
there is a halacha. Ravad Yosef talks about yeah, that. But the Ben Ishkai does not hold it for here. He says you can't do that if it's Tami or Torah. And you can't kiss her. She can kiss the Rav. And especially that's Shipuli Glima, I think, is what he matters at the end of the day. Yeah, Shipu, the Raglayim. Right? But regarding this, what he says is, is there's no way Yaakov would have kissed her if he didn't know she was Tami or Torah. Rather, this Lamed in front of the word Lerachel, this Lamed that's over here, is trying to tell us something very different. He never kissed Rachel Imenu at all, he says. It would have said by Yishak Yaakov is Rachel. Rather, this is what Yaakov saw. Rachel had come together with her sheep. If you look closely at the Pasik, there's a psik into the word the Rachel, there's a line. Ba'a. It doesn't make it into the Torah. In the Sefer Torah, there is no line. But if anybody knows Trup, when you learn Pashta, Munach, Zarko, right? All those, there is a psik, a little line that's known as a psik. The psik is you just stop for a second. So that psak exists. Varachel, stop, ba'ayimatzon. She came with the sheep. Why is that little stop over there? Says the Benishchai, because Rachel always wore a veil, he says, with little holes in it for her to see. He always, she always wore that veil. Why? Because she wanted to be mopsick herself from everyone else because it wasn't Tsanua to walk around with the other shepherds. The other shepherds are all walking where they're all males. She's the only female shepherd because Lovin was either really cheap or didn't have any sons and nobody could take care of the sheep except for her. So therefore she made a hefsick. She put a little veil in between her and the other people around there in order for nobody to be around. Not only that, she also came in imhatzon together with the sheep. The sheep surrounded her on all sides so that nobody could come anywhere near her. The sheep surrounded her and were there and she came imatzon. When Yaakov saw her tznias, the tremendous chus that she had to be tznua and that she was in the middle of the flock of sheep with covering her face, he went up to Rachel, there was like a splitting of the sea of all the sheep that were in front of him, went up to Rachel and kissed what was on Rachel Imenu. By Yishak Yaakov Rachel, he kissed the veil that was on Rachel Imenu. The shepherds couldn't see that far. The shepherds were looking but she was in the middle of the sheep and Yaakov had gone in the middle of the sheep. So they assumed that he had kissed her mamish and he cried that they had suspected something terrible about him which had never happened he never kissed her he kissed what was on her so there's a little bit different the Ramban and the Ravina B'chaya were saying that he kissed her on the shoulder kissed her on top of the head says the Ben Ishkai, he couldn't have done it what if she was tummy he never would have done such a thing why would he have done such a thing that's not what happened that's not what happened. Instead, what he did was he kissed her on the veil itself. That was the difference. That's what we're talking about over here. That's the concepts of the Ben Ishchai. Can't just simply say it's not Derafiva. There, I, I, hold on. I'm, I'm just giving you Rishonim, okay. and then the Ben Ishchai. Oh, <laughs> That's all I'm doing right now. Uh, right. Yeah. Says that it's mutter for the one to kiss the rabbi's hand because it's not Derafiva, and even close to Ramah. Is one of his sources. Well, we're going to get to that Ramah. Okay, okay but that, that's... Uh, well, hold on. we got to get to that Ramah because the public is also an issue. That's the oh, reason why they have it a problem. It says, Yeah, Vinashik Lo. But there's Lamed is there. That's not a problem. That's not to the name. That's still different. Check out the Ibn Ezra. Chavzayin, Chavzayin. The Orchim suggests that he was crying while he kissed her. He was crying when he kissed her itself. Now Rashi says, and we all know this, why was he crying? Because he had nothing to give her is one answer. That's one of the obvious answers, right? Or because he, he had Ruach HaKodesh that wasn't going to be buried with her. And thus he was kissing her not out of illicit thoughts, but rather simply because she was his relative. And because he was crying when he did it, everyone realized he's not doing this improperly. He's not kissing somebody in an improper fashion. Tferis, Jonas, and Yaakov 
Yonason says Yaakov Inu did it on purpose to make sure that he wouldn't have improper thoughts when kissing her. He made himself cry. He thought about the fact that he didn't have what Eliezer had when he came to get a wife for Yitzchak Avinu. And in that way, when he thought of death, he was knocking down his Yitzhahara the way that we think, says Yitzvah Yonason. By doing such a thing, he was able to get rid of those issues and then he was able to kiss her without having a possibility of Taiva within him. Then it's Siv and the Malbim say the exact same thing as well. This was a kiss and the kiss was given over to her, but there was no thoughts of Taiva immediately because he was crying when he did so. Again, I don't want a matter going into a bar and going up to a girl, start crying, and thus you can kiss whoever you want. That's not a hatter. That is not a blanket hatter over here. You came in at a good time, Dave. That, that is not a hatter, okay? That's not the way to go in. But nonetheless, what Yaakovinu just did and what he tried to get through is that he knew that this woman was not going to be there. He knew something was going to be up with this. He started crying, and that's how we know that the kiss was an improper kiss and why we, we don't have a lima that comes from it. Faris Jonathan gives another answer that's amazing. It says, based on what happened when Rabbi Akiva first sees the wife of Turnus Rufus, everybody remembers this Gemara Nidaran, he laughed, he spat, and he cried. A great Gemara. Aisha's Turnus Rufus was a very beautiful woman. She saw her husband, Turnus Rufus, coming home day after day with this upset look in his face, and she said to him, what's going on? What's wrong? And he said, I can't get around this Rabbi Akiva guy. Rabbi Akiva keeps nailing me and everything, and I, I don't know what to do. To which she said, I'll take care of him for you. She looked and saw the way that he went home every day, and he had a lot of Talmudim. This one, Rabbi Akiva was at least least 110 years old when Turnus Rufus would have taken over. We're talking about the year 110 to 113 of the Common Era. Very interesting time period, right before the Bar Kokhba Rebellion, right around that time, could have been later, but right around that time, Rabbi Kiv used to walk with hundreds of Talmidim, hundreds if not thousands of Talmidim. So he went in a certain area, which was a close alleyway. She sealed off the alleyway with guards after Rabbi Kiva walked through it, and then the guards led Rabbi Kiva straight to where she was, to such an area where he could not pass without touching her. And when he saw her, he spat, laughed, and cried. That's what he did, to which she was shocked and said, what's going on here? And he said, I spat because your beauty, right, your beauty means absolutely nothing to me. I laughed because I said, so many people have been caught by such beauty and eh. And I cried, or oh, the laugh also, according to the Gemara, he didn't want to say why he laughed because he knew he was going to end up marrying her. And he cried, why did I cry? Because such beauty is going to be buried in the ground and it'll never be seen again. Asia Turner's Rufus was so impressed, she converted and she married Rebbe Akiva. And that is the way... To get a wife. <laughs> I don't know about spitting in front of her, but everything else, right? That's the way. It could be, says the Pharisee understand, the Yaakovinu kissing her thought he kissed her thinking she must be the most amazing person in the world if HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave her such beauty and then cried as if to say none of this is worth it to me at the end of the day because the beauty will rot in the ground so again can it be done by other people no it would be Yaakov you know, alone who would be allowed to because he was able to think of it as rotting and the way that Tverus Yonason learns it in that way now Medrash Rabbah says all kisses are considered tiflus throughout the entire Torah. Whenever we see something, they're considered tiflus, and they mean nothing except for three types of kisses. There are three types of kisses that are considered chashiv, and three are the following, and it goes like this. Number one, when a great person does it, or when someone just became very great. After Shaul Amelech was made king by Shmuel and Avi, Shmuel and Avi kissed him. 
Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, we actually learn that the kiss is what made Shaul HaMelech into the, to being the king. It's an amazing shot. David HaMelech never got this kiss. But Shaul HaMelech got the kiss. He was made king, according to Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, from that kiss. Number two, when you haven't seen someone for a very long time, like Aaron and Moshe Rabbeinu, or Aaron kisses Moshe Rabbeinu. And number three, when someone is leaving someone else, like Orpah and Noami, when she was leaving Noami and she knew she wasn't going to see her again, that's when he kissed, she kissed her. In all those three cases, that's where a kiss means something chashiv. Comes along Rabbi Tanchuma. Rabbi Tanchuma of Medrash Tanchuma and adds on a fourth one between relatives, between a relative. And he learns it from right here, from Yaakov Inu kissing Rachel, that a kiss given to a relative is a chashiv, a kiss, and it's not considered tiflus, something done, just stam, it's something that's chashiv. This shows that that might be considered good according to him. Now, the Ksava Kabbalah takes this measure, explains it beautifully. He typically, when someone kisses someone else, it comes from a physical desire, which is burning within him to be close to that person. And because you can't be any closer, you sort of, you, you sit there, that closeness is there from the soul pining to connect, so you're kissing. And apparently, according to this Ksava Kabbalah, he's learning up that this kiss is a mouth-to-mouth kiss. Not on a cheek, not on a shoulder, not on a hand, not anything else, but a mouth-to-mouth kiss. It's something that you go when you haven't seen your friend in a long time, when someone has just become very great, when a person wants to leave, etc., there's more. I realize, because there's a physical thing. But if there's, a, if there's more, there's no physical longing. It's a different type of longing over here. According to Rebbe Tanchum, with relatives, it's the same way. That with relatives, there is no physical desire, and that's Rebbe Tanchum's idea. It's a feeling of closeness that can't be had. So if you have that feeling of closeness, no physical desire, but that feeling of closeness, then yeah, the Ksav Kabbalah says, then it's mutter to do, and we learn it from over here with Yaakov and Rachel. The truth is, it's mama shemach locus in the Gemara. There's a Gemara in Shabbos, maybe you've learned this before, in Daphne Gimel. Ula used to kiss his sister when he saw her. And the Gemara says that he was wrong to do so, but he kissed her. And the Gemara argues, where did he kiss her? One opinion says that he kissed her on the chest, and the other one was that he kissed her on the hand. Now, if he kissed her on the chest, that's obvious why everybody else said, wrong thing to do. That's improper. Now, Ula, who was on the level where such a thing did not affect him, was not worried about it. But other people can't do it. And the Gemara learns from there, you can't do that. But kissing on the hand would be okay. The other opinion of the Gemara says, no, even kissing on the hand is not okay. Right? Even kissing on the hand would not be good enough. And in that way, you could possibly say, and this is the way the Ksav HaKabala wants to say it, that those who say that you can't kiss her on the ch- that he, Ula kissed her on the chest and was not allowed to do so means you cannot kiss in an illicit fashion. But kissing on the hand, kissing on the cheek would be mutter. But those who say that he couldn't even kiss her on the hand would say even kissing on the cheek or on the hand to a relative would be usher. And we learn it mamish from that Gemara and Ula. And there's Maklokas. Is there a thing to kiss on the chest? I mean, the hand I get is kind of respect, the cheek is a face, but who goes around kissing people on the chest? And- I have no idea. I had literally no idea. Ula, if I mean, if we learn it up, Ula would have been from Bubble. I know. Ula probably would have been from Bubble. So was it a Babylonian, Macedonian thing? You'd have to look it up. I have no idea. But it's the only time that you see such a thing in Shas. Now, I, I, I'm not going to say Yerushalmi's and whatever it is. I don't know. But in Gemara's, there is no other case where you see it, such a thing. It's only Ula. Hold on. Yeah, again, we're going to get to... Does yeah, it, doesn't the Rambam say it's my Egyptian even to like just hug yourself? Yes, yeah, yeah. We're going to get to that Rambam as well. I'm not going to be able to say everything when it comes to the halachas regarding it. But yes, we're going to get to all 
all those things. According to the opinion that it was forbidden from the toucher at all, and utilizing Rabbi Tanhuma's opinion that this kiss was not based on physical attraction, you could say that the word Vayishak, that he kissed her over here when Yaakov kissed Rachel, did not denote that he actually kissed her, but rather he got close to her. And the way the Ksav Kabbalah says, it is so not the way. I mean, listen, I haven't done that many Ksav Kabbalahs. I don't know him very well, but I will tell you the following. He seems to take the Psukim Kipshuto, and in this Pasuk, he so estranged from the concept that he says, Vayishak in this Pasuk, does not mean what you think it means. It doesn't mean he literally kissed her. He got close to her by saying what he did, and it could be the physical act happened, but the point is that the spiritual act happened, the closeness that he wanted with her happened between them. What's up, Ralph? Is there an age for what any of these, the portion that you're trying So the Ramban, we, we said in the beginning, the Ramban says she was five. No, but is that what they're the Rabbeinu Bechaya, sorry, the Rabbeinu Bechaya. But no, 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 no. The, the Ben Ishkai says she might have been 20. It's possible she was older. Michael mentioned before there is an opinion that says that they were both, they were both uh, twins, that Rachel and Leah were twins, and then for sure they were older. And, uh, the reason why the Rabbeinu Bechaya says she was five is because asking to work for seven years for Rachel is ridiculous. <coughs> why would he have done it? It must be that he was waiting for her to be old enough to be married. She must have been five, and now she's 12, and now she's able to be married. It is strange, because that still means you have an 84-year-old man marrying a 12-year-old girl. But either way, it makes somewhat sense because the woman back then did not get married older. She, if she was 20, she wouldn't have been that way. Rivka is also a bit of a kasha. If she was 3, 13, etc., 33 is the other opinion of the Medrash, which would go against so all that. But She's 3 years old, 5 years old. Yeah, it would not be able to be, maybe because of the future. It wouldn't be because of 5-year-old. At least we wouldn't think so, right? There's no, no way to be able to say it. Yeah, no, no, no. you're right. If it would be Yafas Toar, you could say that that's a reference to something spiritual, as it does before. Yafas Mare, it's, yeah, that's hard. That's what we learned from the cows by, uh, by what's it called, by Parshas Mikits, the way the Ramban learns them. I don't know. I, that, that, I honestly, I don't, I don't know how it would be. Now, the Ramban, uh, the Rabbinu Ephraim, I'm sorry, says something crazy. It says, Vayishak Yaakov L'Rochel is the same gematria as Kimo Uz Maser L'Rochel Gimel Simonim. At that time, he gave her the simonim that they would later use when they got married seven years later. And I think that's crazy that he gave it to her then when he first met her and not later on during the seven years when he was there at that time. I, I just – I don't understand how that's possibly so. But according to the Rabbin O'Brien, he says the conversation happened right now. That by Yishak Yaakov is he told her the sodos behind by the nishika of what it means to kiss and those types of things. Those were the simonim that he gave her for later. That was what he gave over to her. And it wasn't literally – kiss. Now, I don't know if the Rabbin Ophraim is trying to say that it wasn't a kiss and that this took the place or if he's saying there was a kiss and this was included in that. I don't know. But that's the idea about the Rabbin Ophraim. Now, the Mayana Shaltor, now we're going in a different direction. Says Yaakovinu cried. Why? Because he knew the world would consider this kiss to be what the fools think. What do the fools think? Oh, like he sees a rock. And he sees a beautiful girl coming, and he's like, oh, let me show her what I can do. He lifts up a really heavy rock, like puts it on the side, flexes his muscles a little bit, grabs the girl, and kisses, kisses her. Like, I don't know, like a Popeye type of thing, right? I go with Popeye because I don't want to go with any other movie reference. So maybe, <laughs> right, that's the idea of what he's trying to do. And because that's the shot, says the Mayana Shaltori, as if Chas Vishon to say he couldn't hold himself back from kissing her. He couldn't get over his typhus. Yaakovin, who cried, then he knew that this act, which he knew was special, was something that everybody else would take to be something 
something tummy and something disgusting that people in the future would never consider it in the right possible fashion. That's an unbelievable Mayan Shel Torah. He says in Mipiyah Shmua. I don't know where you heard it from, but that's what he says. The Miyam Lewis says this shot, and I, you might have heard this before. This kiss was done in public before the eyes of all the shepherds that were right there, right? The Ben Ishchai says that they weren't able to see what happened, that remember, he just kissed the veil, but he didn't actually kiss her. But according to the Miyam Lewis, he actually kissed her, and the people saw what was happening over here. This is something that should not have been done. We know that people are drawn to these types of things, and if they see a great man doing it, even if they didn't know who Yaakov was, eventually they'd know who Yaakov was, and if they see a great man doing it, everyone knows you're going to take it a step further. One guy will do this, but you'll take it a little bit further. Isaac, give me one second. And Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin have given people Marcus Mardus, They've given a makas, midrabanan, for doing something like this until they take upon themselves never to do it ever again. And Miyam always quotes it. I mean, this is 500 years ago. He says, without a question, people would have given, would have been given lashes for doing what Yaakov Avinu did publicly. Sanhedrin would have done such a thing. Crazy, right? It's not just Taliban. And Chazal say that you shouldn't even kiss your sister or your cousins is the way that the, 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 it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch that way in the Rambam as well. It could even apply to your grown-up daughter. Your grown-up daughter you might not be able to kiss according to the Shulchan Aruch. It's a difficult subject. I remember somebody asked me, where's the hatter, where's the hatter for me to k- kiss my sister? This is a, 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 my, when I come home from Israel, my sister wants to hug me. Where's the hatter for me to hug my sister? So I'm like, all right, let's look it up together. We went to look it up together, and really, I was lost. So I was like, all right, let's call Roy first. Roy first is like, eh, does he have to? I'm like, oh. This is not going to work out as well as I'd planned. Now, I don't have a sister. I'm okay with this, right? I mean, that, that, that works out really well. And that, 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 that's out there. So Zimmermans are okay with something like this. But it is a difficult subject. Are you allowed to give a hug to your sister? Are you allowed to kiss your sister? You think a concept we spoke to before, and I think anybody here who uh, mm-hmm. has a sister would be able to, There is no sexual attraction there. You're, you love her because she's a close relative, like your mother or whatever it is. Baruch Hashem. I, I, but I will tell you, this is my wife's line of business, and she has a very thriving business of people just in Chicago, and f- Jewish yeah, people, and from people in Chicago. So unfortunately, of, uh, I, I, it's small percentage. I don't want to go into percentages right now. I hear what you're saying, Dave. No, 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 no question. I, I'm not. I'm not going to get into. I'm, you're right. You're right. But I am saying there are people who unfortunately have that attraction, and there are people that do. Some of this stuff is actually in a way. Instilling some now you are right in that way no 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 100% you're right meaning it'll depend on the person and I think that's really what you're saying yeah. right yeah, it's no, dependent on the person that's 100% true there's no question about that whatsoever yes but you but what you're saying I mean, okay would, would I matter for one person you're asking me the Shulchan Aruch says it's us sir now it the question is do we get around it? it there's it's it's it doesn't say us no that's the Rambam the wording of the Shulchan Aruch, I, you know what? Should Maybe somebody should look it up. Team? Yeah, I, I'd have to look it up because I didn't I bring down that Shulchan Aruch over here. It's a, it, uh, no, my suspicion is the quote from the Rambam. Yeah, yeah, I think the Shulchan Aruch yeah. it down, though. It, it's most likely that he does bring it down, but we have, to, we have to look it up. Uh, we have to look it up. But regardless, it's not the easiest thing to do. Listen, he says, it is. My suspicion I brought down from over here as well. When the shepherds saw this and saw Yaakovino kissing this girl, they became very angry and they said, this is a medrash that he's quoting, 
interesting. From the time that the mob bull happened, we have stayed far away from women and made sure we wouldn't go near them and we wouldn't sin. Now this man comes to our area and does this in front of all of us? How dare he do this? I translate into English, but that's what it says. Yaakov recognized he had done something wrong and he cried in order to do tshuva. He felt horrible and his crying was out of tshuva for doing something wrong. Fine, what were you going to say? Yes, correct. I have not seen a Rishon that says that his Kavana was wrong or that he was followed by his Taivas. Although, the Rishonim that we quoted in the very beginning of the Shir, right, the Chizkuni, the Redak, the Ibn Ezra, and the Sforno, they don't have any comments. So one could interpret that as to meaning that it was there. The one thing that I would go for is Chizkuni said that after he kissed her, he told her, I'm your father's sister's son, said he, he, she wouldn't be upset at him for kissing her. So apparently she may have been upset and then he explained himself afterwards. So that's an interesting call from the Chizkuni. I'm sorry? Granted, I know, but the Chizkuni says that, that that's what he ended up doing. He explained after. The Ibn Ezra said he did explain himself first. right? But the Chizkuni said, no, he only explained himself afterward. Ozzy, you had a question before. What's up? That's it's a different opinion. I mean, according to the Ben Ishchai, right, she was wearing the veil and he kissed the veil, etc., right? But according to this opinion, he kissed her mamish. He kissed her mamish. And if he kissed her mamish, then the shepherds were wondering, what in the world is going on here? We've been so careful about this, and you come out of nowhere and you do this in front of us? Where They were so upset about that happening. I'm sorry? He did marry her again. Well, yeah, but they didn't know that at the time. It was seven years later. Ami, yeah? Well, and married his sister first. <laughs> yeah, Ami. <laughs> No. In other words, where did this come from? The feeling that came up. So I'll tell you, it's one of the things that was bothering me the whole time when I was looking this up, looking up as much as I could to be able to find this and to go through the midrashim, etc., and go through. Really, the truth is, we see no absolute need for this. If we go with the idea that you can kiss Krovim, that doesn't explain why he did kiss the Krovim. If he was so impressed with what she was, why did he feel that was there? Kissing her on top of the head makes a lot of sense, the way the Ramban says it, right? The way somebody would kiss somebody that, you know, a relative or whatever it is in such a way, the way you were saying it before, like you meet somebody, kiss on the hand out of Kavod, something like that. That I get. But would it, was Yaakov impelled, compelled, I should say, compelled to do so? We don't see that. And that is strange that we don't see it. Maybe yeah. to address Ami's question is from a strict textual um, analysis of the psuki here. We see that he kissed Rachel and Lavan kissed him. So maybe it was something about relative. You see an old relative you've never seen before or you haven't seen in a long time. That's what you did. Asaph and Yaakov also, even though we have the right. undertones okay. of what they were right. trying but to do, we but the kissing, happened. it is possible. Yeah, it is definitely possible. Just I would understand it more between men and men as opposed to men and women. That still finds strange. Again, the, the, we would have to go with the types of nations that were out there, and we don't know. We have no information. No, we just I don't know. But by men and men. Okay. We only see it once by men and women, and it's by Yaakov and Rachel. We don't see it anywhere else. Why? I mean, what when do we would ever be see? more of a natural, natural course, one yeah. would be far or less natural. I mean, no, 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 not by somebody that you're just seeing for the first time. No, 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 we do this even nowadays. It's, it's rarer to find. Wait, did Lovin kiss him with his tongue in his mouth and look for jewels? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, yeah. Asov, Asov. Of course it's weird. Of course it's weird. There's no question about that. But I, I, don't, I don't need to go with that. Either way, regardless, you see that that happened. You don't see it by the others. This is the only time that this is a man to a woman, but when in Tanakh do we ever see that an old, long-lost relative 
males, so another long lost female relative. What do you mean, Asa Vinyaka? We just see, we see it no, in another male partial. Male female, we don't see it. Right, right. So this is the only time we see it. You said we never. That's not true. It's, Moshe and Miriam, they didn't see each other for a long time. Yeah, you could say it also by Yaakov and Leah. By, by, but Yaakov's whole family saw Asa. You don't see that. I mean, you don't but see. But it's specifically not mentioned. I, I don't know. Do It'd be mean, weird to say. Yeah. Emotional, etc. See, that's what the Tzvaris Yonason was saying. The Tzvaris Yonason says that, and that was the crying that showed that it wasn't out of Taiva. But that doesn't mean that he should. That just means that he could. So what Ami's question is of why he did it, it's a good question. We don't have a real answer to that. Yeah. The man always is saying that the only problem was the public aspect of it, yeah. not the Nishika itself. No, not the Nishika itself. Why, no. why is it not an issue? Why is it not an issue? Just because nobody would have thought anything badly, and Yaakov so would have done it in the proper way. Yeah, our assumption is that Yaakov's intentions were noble in some way, shape, or form. That's the idea behind it. Now, I will tell you this: Igritikala, Igritikala takes us a different direction and says that this actually goes the opposite way. It shows you the high level that Yaakov was on; that he considered the Indian of a zivug. This is the Igritikala to be considered something that you should not be embarrassed of, as if you're putting on tefillin or wearing tzitzis. You take off your tefillin. You put on your tefillin, you give it a kiss. You pick up your tzitzit strings, and you give it a kiss. And Yaakovinu spent his whole life, 77 years of his life, I want everybody to remember this. Yaakovinu, Rashi's Oni, he said about Ruvain. Ruvain is Rashi's Oni, and Rashi tells us the first zera, first tipas zera that Yaakovinu had in his life was by Ruvain when he was 84. We are not talking about a person who has to show him had did not have one drop that came from him for 84 years and he was made on that and the Torah is telling us such a thing of Rashi's Oni, the, be- the first of my strength, so to speak. He spent the last 14 years sitting in a base medrash of Shem Aver, 63 years of his life learning under Avram Vinu and Yitzchak Avinu. To Yaakov and the level that he was on, he was no longer in the level. Again, this is not a person who got married young. It's, he's 84. He's 77 <laughs> at this moment when he sees Rachel Amino for the first time and he is willing, he's willing to push it off that long there is no way that he's sitting there and he's saying, I'm going to kiss the first woman that I see. There's no way. It just seems and here's the real thing, it's antithetical to the nature of such a person who waited this long to get married for him to do this. It's totally antithetical, unless you say, says the Igor Gala, unless you say that he considered Rachel Amino as nothing more than a chetzta shal mitzvah. He, she was, to him, a piece of land. I know, for the people out there, they're like, oh, how did he not have a great relationship with his wife? Stop it. Okay, he considered her to be a chavzah mitzvah. This was tefillin to him. This was a piece of tzitzis for him. Says the Igritikawa, there was no taiva involved at all in the way he was looking at her because he looked at her the way an 84-year-old would look at any other chavzah mitzvah and thus kissed her on the head in that way, yeah? Doesn't change how it looks to other people. Agreed. Agreed. But that shows the high level that he was on. That's the point. You're right. The Miyamoy still works. This measure still works. But it's just saying that's the idea. Think about this. He says to Lavan, when he, after he finishes the seven years of work, he says something that even the Kal Shebekalim would never say. The worst of the worst would never say this. He says, Hava es ishti. Bring my wife so that I can be together with her. Who in the world would say that to their father-in-law? Who would do that? 
You get there, you're standing up there, you're by the chuppah, and you say, Hava is ishti He's going to punch you in the face so hard. So hard. What, what are you thinking? Why would you do that? Because the Yaakov, and why, and some, even if he said it, why would the Torah tell us that he said it? That's crazy. That makes him look, that makes him sound terrible. And again, we're not dealing with a young, like, 21-year-old who's got taivas out of nowhere. This is the guy who's held himself back for 84 years. 84 years he's held himself back. And this is his issue. This is what he's going into. And the pshat is, says Eger Dekala. Why? Because he had no issues with saying whatsoever. He was not mevayish at all by what he was doing. He said, I have a mitzvah to have children right now. Bring me my wife so that I can have children. That's what he was saying. It's such a brilliant Eger Dekala. Now, I understand why people might have an issue with this because they're feminists. That's possible. But those people are not here at this year. So good. You can go ahead. You can choke on your coke. I'm telling you right now, that doesn't matter when it comes to this. The answer is that Yaakovina was willing and overly we ready to do this. Because to him, this is an Indian of a mitzvah. To him, this is an Indian of a mitzvah. Nothing more than that. And in that sense, it's hard for us to understand with our romantic fantasies of what marriage should be all about. And I agreed. In our world, that is what marriage should all be about, Rachel. It's okay. But regardless, right, I, I, in a way, this shows a great level that's out there. So you're asking me, Ami, how could he have done this. Maybe this is the answer. That he, Mamish, considered her a piece of tefillin, a, a, a piece of tzitzis. He didn't think of her as anything more than that. I find that to be an awesome answer. The Kedusha slave, he says, hafle opelo, he calls it. The Yaakov, the Ishtam, who spent his whole life learning Torah, sitting with the Bechir Sheba Avos, the greatest of the Avos, the one who, who came back from love. And what did he say? Garti Tariag Mitzvah Shamarti, according to Rashi. I kept all 613 mitzvahs. He comes back and he says, he should care about beauty and be attracted to Rachel because she was more beautiful than Leah was? How could it be? How could that be? And he says, in the kissing, etc., he answers, Yaakov defined the Midah of Teferis. And we know that, right? There is Avram is Chased and Yitzchok is Gvura and Yaakov Avinu is this Midah called Teferis. Teferis is finding the beauty in everything and pulling it out. Taking the beauty that you can find in anything you can have and allowing it to be here and be brought to you, etc., any object that had beauty to it. Yaakovinu was able, even if it was covered with filth from the world and the physical world at large, Yaakovinu was able to pull it out and turn it into something special. He was able to shine it and bring it over to everybody else. He was able to take a spark of greatness that he saw in Rachelim. And when he couldn't hold himself back, he's never seen a person like Rachelim. He's been around Yitzchak. He's been around Abraham. He's even been around Esav. And Esav in his own right is a great man. Even Ishmael was a great man. He's seen greatness. He's seen his mother. And nonetheless, he's never seen anyone like Rachel. Never seen the Kedusha that was hidden within Rachel. And he wanted to be Mila, that spark. That was the Tikkun. And the kiss, so to speak, was knowing that he was going to be able to bring out that beauty from such a person. Ki'ilu is looking past the outer beauty and seeing the crazy inner beauty that Rachel Emenu had. That was the idea behind it. So in other words, again, we're dealing with a great man. The Kedusha Slevi is around the same lines of the Agritikala. To be honest with you, I tried searching through other Hasidish Shesfarim to try to find this idea to be brought out in some different way, I couldn't. I couldn't find it, and maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. I, I wasn't sure what to look for in that. But I get the idea so well. To me, this is what speaks the most about Yaakov. You know, I'm obviously going around there. But now, regarding the halacha, would someone be allowed to do something like this, Tom? So the Ramah, in Evan Ezer Simon Chaf Aleph Sifhei, says that whenever someone gets close, now be very careful with these wording, with this wording. It's going to sound like something that you never thought of before. Whenever someone gets close to a woman, L'Shem Shamayim, he's Karov Elaisha, L'Shem Shamayim, and not out of love or lust, he is allowed to do so. 
And therefore, people are makel when it comes to many of the things that the Shulchan Aruch asers. The Ramah is the one that matters. Shulchan Aruch says, can't do this, can't do that, can't be anywhere near, etc., and everything else. But the Ramah is makel because if you're doing it L'Shem Shemayim, that's where it comes from. Now, the base Shmuel in Yud Aleph says an example of this would be dancing with the Kala before her chasen. But Talmidei Chacham, you should be machmir. That's from the base Shmuel. Now, the Chelkis Machokik brings it as well and says that it depends on the minig of the town. If the minig is that they dance with the Kala, then that's what they can do. And if not, not. He brings, seems from those Meforshim, these Meforshim over here, there would be mutter to dance with her directly. But the Om Ani Choma, which is written by a Gadol and B'nai Barakish, you know, three days ago I called up Rabbi first to find out what he wanted to say. He said, I have this safer. It's from a Gadol and B'nai Barakish, Rav Mordechai Gross. He says, in 10 years, this will be the Gadol Ador. Mordechai Gross. He said, remember this name? But he said, I have this two set, this set of svarim. You're not going to find it anywhere. I got it special. He said, look it up. Find what you need from over there. He says, unbelievable stuff. He says, the safer Yuffel Alev, and he brings a bunch of others, says, this is only referring to a handkerchief in between, not directly. That was what the minig was. It's a safer Kadum, right? And not even his stocklist that you're not supposed to look, which is, I guess, why the Hasidim that do this, right? It's still behind the Mechitza. They dance with the Kawa, but it's behind the Mechitza itself. The Ramah didn't bring down Chas and Akal at all. It's only brought down by the base Shmuel and the Chalkas uh, Machoke. Yeah. I'm sorry? What's the case that the Ramah no, the Ramah doesn't bring down anything. He just says, L'Shem Shemayim. So I'll tell you, L'Shem Shemayim is like this. The source of the idea of L'Shem Shemayim being Mutter is from a Gemara. Kiddushim Pei Aleph. Rav Achabar Rava took his granddaughter into his lap, put his granddaughter in his lap, and was playing with her. Rav Chista asked him, how could you do that? How is it possible? To which he answered, he was doing it l'shem shamayim. Rashi answers, what that means is, I'm doing it to show her and her mother that I love this child. That's called l'shem shamayim, and that's there. So that doesn't mean like, oh, I'm doing this for God. It means I'm doing this because I love my child, and that's good enough, and therefore it becomes mutter. So that sort of gets into what you said before about a sister, about why you're allowed to hug or kiss your sister, or why you're allowed to touch your sister, etc. In the same way, if you're doing it l'shem shamayim, then it's mutter. It's mutter. Now the kasha is, does that apply to anyone? Because does that apply to someone who is not your relative? The Piskei Tshuva says, it depends on the person. And he brings examples. He goes throughout Shas. Reb Yochan and Reb Gidl sat outside the mikvah and brachos davchof and some helped them do the, the tefillah correctly. Others, they allowed women to look at them as they were sitting outside in the mikvah itself. Rabbi Ami allowed women to sing for him outside of Caesar's palace. Many different Rabbanim like Rabbi Yoshua allowed themselves to talk privately to Roman matron women. Rav Adabarava danced with the Kala on his shoulders. It seems strange, but it can only be matured, says the Pesach by Gedoli Yisrael. You want to do it, L'Shem Shemayim? You better have L'Shem Shemayim involved. In other words, if you want to get this hatred down, you say, I'm doing this L'Shem Shemayim, you better be L'Shem Shemayim. And he says specifically by Gedoli Yisrael, but that is brought down by the Pesach Yeah. Rabbi Cohen gave a shirans years ago, and mm-hmm. yeah, I remember his conclusion, whatever, I don't want to say his conclusion or his quote, but he said, everyone is their own Mashkiah. You yeah. know what you're thinking. Yeah. You know what you're... 100%. So if you're the person who, unfortunately, would have a taiva for their sister, and you're going to hug or kiss your sister, that's us. If chas v'shalom chas, again, it would happen for your daughter, your mother, etc. If you have it, I'm, 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 I don't wish this upon anybody, then it's, it's scary. 100%. Yeah, that's what I said. Agreed, agreed. What you said, and I said to you, I said to you before, yeah, 100% what you said was correct. That, yeah, it depends on the person. It is dependent in this way. On the other hand, on the other hand, 
something. He doesn't go into that. And I didn't want to go into it, but... Oh, he doesn't go into that. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's the obvious part. And I'm not going into the work relationships of shaking hands, etc., and what you do, etc. But obviously, this comes into play as well. The Rambam, Sefer Mitzvos number 353, does not bring these heterim at all. The Rambam asters everything. Everything for everyone. He holds any type of kirva is usr minatayra. It's medio raisa. That you cannot come close. Since the Pasuk used the word lo sikrivu, you cannot come close to be megala erva. He holds that mamish. If anybody would do anything like this, you'd get malchus. If you would do this to a woman, even possibly a sister or a daughter, it might be Malkus. The Ramban holds it's just an asmachta. It's not Midi Oraisa, but it's Midi Rabbanan, and it's Usr, but it's not there. And that Machlokas is a very complex one. Based on that, there's a tremendous Megillus Esther on it. It's in Sefer Amitzos. It's a tremendous Machlokas to go into, and whether it's the Oraisa or Rabbanan. It could be they're looking at it from two vantage points. Are we starting off that it's Usr, and then we're trying to matter, and we're asking, where is the side of Hatter? Everything's Usr until we can matter this. Or is it everything's mutter and we can only we only after it at this point? What is that point? Where are we starting from? The Ramban seems to be saying it's mutter, but the Rab- Rabbanan asr it. Where do the Rabbanan asr? Rabbanan asr here. The Rambam saying no, everything's asr, but there are some eterim. The eterim are here, and that leads to certain chumras that you'll have from the Rambam and kulas according to the Ramban. Halachically, we hold like the Rambam, but again, this is the Ramah. The Ramah brings this down. The Pesach brings this down. So on the other hand, the Ramah does bring down at the end of that sif that we should never allow public displays of affection even between a husband and wife because of the hirhurim that other people will have from it. That's where it comes from. And he says, we learn this from Baba Basra and Nun Chesim where Rabbana was being metzayin the Marasa, going through the caves, showing where all the caves were. He got to the cave of Maras Machpelah. Eliezer of Ram is outside. He asks Eliezer, can I go in? Eliezer says, Sari Imenu is in our Avram Avinu is in Sari Imenu's lap to which Rabbana balked at going inside Rebbe, and Eliezer of Ram told him don't worry there's no Yetzirah in that world from that Gemara it seems that a normal couple somebody that would not be dead not Avram and Sarah doing such a thing would cause Yerhurim Rabbana would not be able to go inside so that would be us from there the Ramah learns that you cannot see public displays of affection now what is considered a public display of affection there are Chumras all the way up into the Kulas holding hands kissing somebody publicly doing something like that all of those may be in this category and this is not the place for it I don't want to go into all that because there's way too much to say this is about seven pages altogether. it goes through you know the Hawaii Everybody knows when you get married, right? There's a big machlokas. What do you do when you come down from the chuppah? Do you hold hands with the kala, right? Bring her into the yichud room. There are many chassidim that hold that lahalacha. You have to walk her. It's part of the kinyan process, bringing her into the the, the ma'ase yichud, into the, the yichud room. Is that there? The Beis Shmuel argues. Beis Shmuel says it's absolutely usher because of this ramah, that you cannot hold the hand of your kala as you're walking down. He ma'asers it completely. But where does this come from? So all these things are there. Again, it's a little bit beyond this scope of us and it's already late so I'm going to end with over here of what you're allowed to do what you're not allowed to do but at the end of the day as, as you said before and I, I think you said it well you're your own mashkiach when it comes to this is it mutter? I, no Yaakovin was his own mashkiach and decided this is what I can do he knew what he was doing and again I like the Igor de Kala more than anything else but we do have others we have the Rishon the Ramban the Rabbin Bachaya. we have the Od Yosef Chai we have the Orachim and Tzvaras Yonah's son we have the other Tzvaras Yonah's we have the Medrash Rabbah and the Ksav Kabbalah. we have the Mayana Shaltori and the Miam Loez right we have the Igor de Kala and the Kedusha Slave we have all those answers as to what Yaakovin was doing but at the end of the day he was his own mashkiach and he realized this is what he should do and you have 
the same issue. It's the same thing by you. Can you do this? The answer is it depends. It depends on who you are as a person, what you're thinking when you're going up to the woman, what you're saying when it goes through. And if you have those thoughts, if you're not an 84-year-old who's able to hold himself back, then it's possibility that you wouldn't be able to do something like this. Shkayach, guys, have a great show.